one day I decided to ask myself, could I break five minutes in the mile? At age 30, could I return to the sport of track and go after my unmet goal of breaking five minutes? Was my body capable of this? Was my mind capable of this? And most importantly, was my spirit capable of pushing through the ups and downs to find the answer? You are listening to Breaking Five, a running podcast, where we search for this answer as well as yours for achieving your Breaking Five moment, whatever that may be for you. We will gain inspiration and knowledge from others who have achieved their Breaking Five moment, those working towards theirs, as well as those who have helped the athletes along the way. I'm your host, Kristen Schultz, physical therapist, runner, and running coach. Let's run full force towards our wildest dreams and take a listen to today's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. Super excited today. Today, I have my first live interview with two guests at once, so this is going to be fun. Um, I have Blair Green and Kate Edwards here with me. Um, they are both authors, business owners, um, public health, and running physical therapists. Are you guys both moms as well? Yeah. Okay, and they're both moms. We're going to be talking all things public health and running today. Uh, and as I shared, they're both authors, which is new that I've had on the podcast too. They both uh, co-authored Go Ahead, Stop, and Pee. So definitely going to ask them about their book today as well. Ladies, thank you so much for being on today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> Let's start. We'll start. I'm going to have you both introduce each other, um, if you don't mind. Kate, we'll start with you. Blair, maybe you'll be you'll be stopped at that time. If not, totally cool, too. Um, but Kate, if you don't mind, share a little bit about, uh, let's just start a little bit with your physical therapy background. And then if you don't mind, go into your running background, too, a little bit of why um, running for you. Sure. Yeah, no, this is the easy story. Um, <laughs> um, so I have been a physical therapist for 13 plus years, and my specialty is runners and triathletes. And it really has been since the very beginning. Uh, I went to PT school because I wanted to treat runners. Um, I was a runner myself. I'd run 13 marathons, three Boston marathons, um, done some triathlon, that kind of thing. So I really understand the sports very well. Um, mm -hmm. And I loved it. I fell in love. My running coach from um, Boston when I lived in Boston was a PT and that's how I got involved in that. And then yeah. um, I did an orthopedic residency back when orthopedic residency was not common. So um, that was fun. I was one of the first 500 uh, PTs in the country to have my orthopedic residency. And then um, after that, I you know, went and worked at a very small uh, cash-based practice in Atlanta. And that's where I hooked up with Blair. She was actually my boss at the time. And I just <laughs> continued to build my running practice. And I've probably taken every running course possible or almost all of them. And now I teach them as well. So um, I started by teaching at Emory University, I'm adjunct faculty there. And I developed a course called the Endurance Athlete. So I spoke about running and um, triathletes for 16 weeks straight, like four hours every time. And I never ran out of material. Um, and then I changed that into a CEU course. And so now I own my own practice and I have two locations. Um, one's in Metro Atlanta, one's South of Atlanta in Serenby, which is a health and wellness community. And the practice, uh, we primarily focus on runners and triathletes. We treat a lot of elite athletes where the, um, we exclusively treat the elites from the Atlanta Track Club, 
We treat a lot of the tri-club people and then also, you know, weekend warriors, that kind of thing. Um, I also have... Sorry, Blair, guys. you're not. Yeah, that's okay. All <laughs> um, good. That's all right. She's momming right now. Yeah, um, we're, we're momming and podcasting at the same time. And drive. That's right. Don't drive it now, but. <laughs> um, and then, so I guess, oh yeah. And then I also have a running podcast called More Than Miles. So I've kind of got my um, hands and everything. I've written the Go Ahead, Stop and Pee book with Blair. And then I also wrote a book called Racing Heart. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could talk forever, but I'll let Blair go <laughs> No, that's awesome. I'm, I'll be excited to, maybe we'll dive into it the second half of this a little bit for the clinicians to listen to, um, and dive into the different, um, you know, coaching and, um, courses that you teach as well. That'd be super um, informative. So welcome to the show and Blair, how about yourself? She's stopped. I'm here now. Video you, can, on now. you can sort of see me in the shadows of my lights. So yeah, so, and I apologize, I was dropping my daughter off at practice and she wouldn't leave until I told her goodbye. So, um, so, so my story is very different from Kate's. Um, it's funny, we kind of ended up, it's like everybody ends up in the same place, but we didn't always start in the same place. So I've been practicing for 21 years, went to physical therapy school at um, Hahnemann University, which is in Philadelphia. That's where I grew up with my family. Um, and then I moved to Atlanta because it was a great place to be. And I started working in an orthopedic clinic. So my background initially was orthopedic manual therapy, but probably within my first year of practice, I realized I had this affinity for working with pregnant women. So it was just something I really liked and something I really enjoyed. And so I started taking some courses in how to treat pregnancy postpartum. And then all of a sudden realized, shoot, if I'm really going to do this, I probably need to learn how to treat the pelvic floor. And that was really yeah. how I jumped in. And I'm sure if you know other pelvic floor PTs, this story is a little bit common where like everybody just kind of jumps in head first and goes, yeah. um, and that's sort of, that's sort of how it went. Um, like I said, it was never really my intention, but as I grew my practice, um, I started seeing a lot of different women in pelvic health, but at the time, so this was probably about 2005, 2006, right before Kate and I started working together when I started my first private practice, um, there were not a lot of pelvic health therapists and there were definitely not a lot of PTs that were putting the orthopedic with the pelvic at the same time. It was either... Mm -hmm. You were either over here in the pelvic floor or you were over here in the spine and extremity or really got together. So um, that, that was sort of how I grew my practice. And then I opened up my current practice, Catalyst Physical Therapy, four and a half years ago. And so our practice now focuses exclusively on women's health. So we do treat a few men but I really like to brand our clinic as a women's health clinic and treating women across the lifespan. So everything from teens all the way up to the postmenopause years. Um, and that's, that's where my focus is. I, if I had my dream client, it would probably be a female athlete. Uh, my, my other favorite I love, and this is probably from my own experience as a mom, I love working with moms. Um, yeah. a, a lot of moms, they just, I think you lose a little bit of yourself mm -hmm. after you have kids. And whether that's physically, emotionally, socially, and it, it really takes some time to find that and get it back. And I like being able to help facilitate it. Even if it's just from the physical standpoint, it tends to kind of evolve into more than just that. So that, 
that's been fun for me. And yeah. now that I'm older and kind of close to the menopause years myself, I think I've kind of, I'm starting to develop a love for that age group as well. So yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. So that, so that's where I am. And in terms of my running background, I am a very casual runner. Um, lately more of an on again, off again runner. I was doing a lot of treadmill running at Orange Theory prior to the pandemic. And then when that kind of came to a screeching halt, I purchased the Peloton bike, which I'm sure you've heard a lot of people have done. Peloton's got so popular. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and so I actually, I stopped running because it just became so easy to hop on the bike until my husband, um, signed us up to do a five mile race next week, a turkey trot for Thanksgiving morning. So I've actually <laughs> bumped up my running over the last month oh, shoot. because I have, okay. to, I have to be ready to run this race. So, yes. But it's, it's going surprisingly well. I think I've just gotten so much stronger that it's actually going surprisingly well. But yeah, I am very much a, a casual runner. And my own story is I had a running injury between my two kids. And as the PT that does, that treats all this stuff, you'd think I know what to do, but no. I didn't. You need your own PT, I'm sure, right? Yeah, exactly. Just, you know, didn't listen, didn't listen to what I would tell everybody else. So, (laughs) no, I understand (laughs) after being injured for like the whole last year, I was just like, oh my gosh, like I need a PT mainly for like the mental barriers. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to get better. (laughs) And then for the like, just are you doing your stuff, Kristen? Like, I mean, it's not the, I mean, it is the knowledge. We need to have knowledge, but it's like, it was more of that. I can relate. I needed my LPT, so. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but awesome. Well, I love it. I love you guys, both of your guys' backgrounds and how you got into it. Um, and I mean, similar yet different backgrounds. And we were talking before this show, like they've worked a decent amount together. They're both in the Atlanta area um, and both have awesome practices going on. Um, so I'd love to just dive right in and ask you guys, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about, um, your book, I guess, start like what inspired it, um, and how have you guys been using it? Who has been, who has found it? Like, who is it most beneficial for? Um, if you don't mind, I don't care who wants to start or I can just pick and just go for it. Yeah. I mean, Kate, do you want to go first and kind of talk about the inspiration? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can. So, um. I had already written a book and I love writing. And so I write a lot anyway. And I just woke up and decided that this is a book that we needed to write. And the best person to write this book with in the entire world was Blair Green. So um, (laughs) I I had all these ideas in my head and, and I really needed motivation to start. And I needed a partner because I, you know, I really know so much about running and the biomechanics and I teach all of that. And I know what to do externally when it comes to the pelvic floor because of all the time I've spent with Blair. And I know all the signs and symptoms and everything you need to ask in terms of um, when somebody comes in and you think there's a pelvic floor issue, but I don't actually treat it. So um, I <laughs> called, I think I called you. I can't remember this, but if I called, yeah, I definitely called you. And I was mm-hmm. like, Hey Blair, how, what would you think about writing a book with me about <laughs> return to running uh, postpartum and during pregnancy? And to, um, you know, my delight, she was like, yeah, let's do it. And it was, um, it was really fast, actually. The moment we decided, we just jumped in and we did it. And the reason that we both did it was we're both clinicians and we're both moms and we're both runners. Mm-hmm. Yet 
when we were pregnant with our children, there wasn't any information out there. Now there's a lot more than there was. Um, But even in 2018, when we started writing the book, and then 2019, when our book came out, there's nothing out there. And um, we thought if we're in healthcare, and we know what we're doing, um, what does everybody else do? Because if, I mean, like, what do you do? How do you get the right information? And so, you know, we scoured Facebook, we talked to different moms and groups, and we found out like, what are all the myths? What do people really believe about running during pregnancy and postpartum? And we found out there was so so much misinformation out there that we really needed to uh, demystify. So um, that's really where it came from is our just, I mean, our desire to really get information out there for women because it wasn't there and we didn't have it either. Yeah. And it seems like, I mean, and obviously we're in that world. So it seems like, oh, there's becoming more and more information out there. Right. Especially during the pandemic. It seems like at least, I don't know, that's what it seems like to me, but I'm sure, I mean, there's tons of women still out there, obviously that don't have this information. Um, I'm sure like you guys are just on a daily basis. It's still like, you know, debunking all these myths on a daily basis that just what women commonly think is true. is not true. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, our, our big, our mission, I think when we decided to do this was, it was really an educational mission. It was kind of like what Kate said, like we couldn't, we're the professionals and we couldn't find the information. So if we can't (laughs) find the information, how are people who don't have this background and knowledge going to find this information? And we believe very strongly that you should see a pelvic floor therapist or, or really a physical therapist. If there's not a pelvic floor specialist, at least see someone who has that background and knowledge before going back to running. But the reality is not everybody can do that and not everybody will do that. So at least we can get the correct information that the best, the best information we have given the time and the, and the evidence we have in the, you know, in their hands so that they can make the right choices and the right decisions based on what they should be doing. And they have a go-to resource because they're, like we said, like at the time they're really, and there really isn't much. Like I think when you're in this environment, yeah. you see it all. <laughs> yeah, I know. But if you take a step out, like even, I mean, I get it all the time. I had no idea people like you existed. I didn't even know I had to do this. I mean, to this day, I meet new people all the time and you do what? I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know there was an answer for me. And so I think there's still a lot of misinformation out there and just a lot of like, it's almost like a big like black hole. Like there's just people just don't know. So if we could get, you know, you you asked like, who who is this book for? It's really for Mm -hmm. anyone who, and not even runners, really anyone who exercises and is pregnant or who has had a baby ever. Really, uh-huh. I don't know that it's necessarily for like a new mom. And by new mom, I don't mean like a first time mom. I mean like new, newly postpartum mom. I think it's really yeah. for anyone that desires to improve their physical state after they have a baby. Well, yeah. And I would say Blair, like the way that we wrote it was very, it was very much, um, it's very easy to read. And there's yes. a lot of like bullet points at the beginning of each chapter about what it's supposed to be. You don't have to read it in order. You can read it out of order. I wrote running programs with um, a coach of friend of mine for the end. Um, we cool. put in exercises for each stage um, with, you know, with pictures. And then we also, um, we did so much research. It is essentially just 
um, I mean, hundreds of research articles, hundreds. Yeah. And so it's a great resource for a clinician who doesn't mm-hmm. really know what to do or know how to guide their clients. But then it's it's really great for the um, for the layperson as well because we write it in a way that's easy to read and make sense of, but it's all backed by the research. Yeah. No, I love that, and that's you know, I, and that sounds perfect. I was just, when you were saying that, I'm like, this would be great, obviously, for clinicians, which I'm sure obviously that is one of your, you know, target audience that would be great for this book. Do you yeah. finally get all that, this is what's coming to my mind, but at all that gets helpful for other people in the medical community, like say doctors or anything, <laughs> like medical yeah. doctors? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and um, we've had plenty of physicians that pick it up and give it to their client or their clients, but they call them patients or uh, patients. And I know Blair, I don't know about you, if you've given them to any OBGYNs or anything like that. I know my orthopedic doctors read it um, that I work with, especially the ones I work with um, that specifically work with runners and female runners or triathletes. So it's a really nice gift for anybody in the medical field. I actually, my, my own gynecologist has it. I did give it to her and a couple others. And and, you know, we work with medical professionals, like we are their PTs. So I, they do pick it up that way uh, as well. Um, so I think people are aware of it in the community and, and do recommend it for people. Absolutely. Yeah. All the local running stores are really cool too. They all have it in Atlanta um, because, you know, I work so closely with the running stores on a regular basis and they were really supportive um, both West Stride and Big Peach, and they they keep copies in their store and they sell it to their clients when they come in and have questions. Yeah, no, that's awesome because I like I feel like it's like obviously when you go direct to the consumers, but it's also like just in the medical field in general, it's just such so many misconceptions, right, and information being given out there. So I'm sure it's super helpful to have in the hands of all doctors. So <laughs> very cool. I love it. Um, what would you say? I would love if each of you could give like one myth, like what's your favorite myth to debunk per se in the public health world? <laughs> we can give more than one, but we'll start with one. <laughs> Oh my God, there's so many. Um, so, <laughs> down. And, I'm not, and I'm not gonna go with the obvious one. Um, the ones we hear all the time. Because <laughs> I think we beat that a dead horse into that one. But the one I'm gonna talk about is diastasis recti, um, just because it's something I love to treat. And for those of you who maybe are listening and don't know what diastasis recti is, it is when the muscles in your abdomen, the outer muscle, the rectus abdominis, it will split during pregnancy. This is a very normal thing that happens as the muscles and the fascia and soft tissue stretch throughout pregnancy. But some people stretch more than others. Some people have some tearing in some of this tissue as well. And so the myth is that if you have this, the only way you can fix it, quote unquote, is by having surgery. And we know for many women, that's not the case. In a lot, in a majority of them, it will just resolve on its own. But for the ones that it doesn't just get better in the postpartum period on its own, and even for the ones that do, there's so much we can do through retraining the muscles to prevent the need for surgery and still maintain an active lifestyle. And without getting too heavy duty into the research, that's actually one area of emerging research in the PT field is um, what's actually happening with diastasis recti and can we do something about it from a rehab standpoint? And 
And I really think we can for a lot of women. So I don't necessarily think surgery is the only answer and often surgery can be prevented. Yeah, and the research is supporting this as well, right? So absolutely. No, I think that's super important to hear because man, I'm just so thankful. I know all of you guys. So whenever I decide to have kids, you know, I'll be like, okay, all these things, like, I'm sure it'll be a new experience, but it's just like all these things I wouldn't know, but, um, but yeah, so no, I love that one. I think that's super important. Um, and Kate, go ahead with yours. And if you really have another one, we can go back to another one too, Blair. There are so many, honestly, like Claire said, um, but one that I actually like to talk about is that, and, and it's not necessarily orthopedic, but it leads to an orthopedic question really. So I'll start with it and then kind of go that direction um, is that if you're running, your milk is going to dry up. Um, and so a lot of moms are afraid to continue to exercise because they're afraid that they're not going to be able to feed their babies if that's their choice. You know, a lot of people don't want to do that and that's completely fine as well. Um, yes. but really the issue is not running. It's what are you putting in your body and how much? And so, um, our body needs an extra 500 calories a day when you're breastfeeding. And if you go out and run and burn, you know, 500 to thousand calories, and then you're not eating an additional 500, yeah. then that changes your ability to produce milk as well as, um, if you're not hydrating enough, that changes your ability to produce milk. And then of course it is a feed forward mechanism. So the suckling of a baby also helps with that. So, um, there are multiple things. It's a multifaceted issue. And I think that um, exercise is what's blamed for it a lot. And a lot of people mm -hmm. don't want to get back and don't want to exercise because of that. So I just wanted to clear that up a little bit. And then the other piece, just to kind of bring, you know, bring it around a little bit is um, breastfeeding mothers are really um, uh, prone to stress fractures. And again, it comes back to the idea of um, how much energy availability that they have. And so again, when you're postpartum, a lot of people restrict their diet because they want to lose weight and get back to their pre-baby state, which is never going to happen because our body is a completely different body. And it's, I think, better sometimes. Um, but they start to restrict too much and then they end up with stress fractures because they're restricting, they're running too much, too often, too soon. They're not mm -hmm. doing the strength. They're totally stressed out because it's a whole change in life. And we know like yeah. all of those biosocial things impact injury. So I think breastfeeding is definitely a big topic, but the stress fractures related to that are as well. No, that's no, that's good. I think that's a topic I don't hear talked about a ton. Um, but I do have a good friend, you know, pretty high level runner that had issues with that with her first pregnancy. Now she's like on her, she's had three now. And I know that's something she had to learn how to improve, but I know that was one thing that just threw her for a loop the first, um, you know, pregnancy. So, well, um, you know, I had a stress fracture. I mean, after I had a baby and I know okay. this information. So again, like it, yeah. to be, to be honest, this is, this is what happens. And the reason I had a stress fracture is because. I craved running so much. I couldn't not do it. Like it, I was, yeah. I'm, I was addicted and that's, that's the truth. And so yeah. um, I had to do it, but even telling that story and being honest about that and really talking about what the consequences are of not listening to your body and, and doing too much too soon and not taking care of yourself um, from a stress level, I think really help um, open up a lot of dialogue. Yeah. I mean, I think it can help. It's like, 
obviously you even knew like you know going into it and it still happened it can make it like I guess maybe be less shame around it per se or, or whatnot you know yeah totally yeah. It, it does and I mean you're using the calcium from your bones is literally getting pulled to produce breast milk. I mean, um, you lose one to 3% of your, um, of your bone during breastfeeding every month. Wow. Yep. Did not know that. No, it's interesting. how <laughs> oh, that's good to know. Um, do you guys work with dietitians as well? Um, just thinking of that last topic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely do. And I know Blair does, Blair, I don't want to keep cutting you off. So I was trying to share. Oh, you're fine. But- <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> do you feel like how many of your clients do you feel like end up, you know, or would benefit from working with a dietitian um, when it comes to postpartum? Yeah, go ahead. You yeah. first. I was gonna say I think I think a lot of them could and yeah, what you were saying, it's very different for different people. Yeah. But I think especially for the more active people, and I know Kate works with a lot of elite runners, which is very different than a recreational runner in terms of energy needs. Someone who yeah. has been training is going to be probably going back to training at a high, high level sooner than someone who doesn't work at that level. And I think people like that would probably benefit more from nutrition. I know I've had a couple instances where, um, and I don't know if you're familiar with the term red S, which is the relative energy mm-hmm. um, deficiencies. And so you know, what happens is I don't think anybody necessarily is like looking for a full-blown eating disorder, but I think I will notice, like, especially if someone's coming postpartum for, for me, it's usually for something like incontinence or pelvic organ prolapse, where they just have like a pelvic heaviness and they can sometimes feel or see their pelvic organs, like through the vagina, which is hard if people want to exercise and they may not realize that their nutrition is what's keeping them from improving. So we might be doing all the exercises and doing the manual therapy and they're doing the things, but because, you know, especially if they're breastfeeding, you know, it's kind of like when you're pregnant, it's like everything goes to baby first and mom second. That's how our bodies are built is so baby can survive. And so it's always going to take from mom for baby. And when you see someone's not returning to their sport or their activity as quickly as you would like, or the pain's not going away, or they're not responding the way you think maybe they could, I think that's always a good indication that they need to see a nutritionist or a dietitian. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good to know. Um, Would you say like, there's a difference? I mean, you guys have two different populations. Um, Kate, do you see anything different or have anything to add, I guess, to that with the clientele that you see? Yeah. I mean, I think red S is really um, an important topic in that. I think a lot of elite athletes and even um, endurance athletes that may be weekend warriors or maybe semi-professional or just really love marathoning or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, they get into trouble because they don't realize they're not eating enough. It's not that they're doing it on purpose, but what I find is that it's an educational issue and all it is, is it's energy output energy intake and what's Mm -hmm. left. And so Mm -hmm. energy availability, it's just this easy equation. That's not really that easy in real life. And so, um, just kind of, again, it comes back to education. And so I educate all of my clients on that. Our practice is very, very big on education and understanding who is in front of us, like who is the person in front of us and what are their struggles in life? Um, Mm -hmm. which sounds kind of huge and it is. Um, but that's Mm -hmm. why, um, our people get better so much faster is because 
you know, we focus on that. Okay. You have to understand your energy availability. You have to understand like, um, how your brain and your thoughts impact your ability to heal because it happened, what happens from a physiological level, like, are you in mm-hmm. fight or flight or not? So like, there's yeah. all these different things and components and nutrition and, uh, nutritionists and dietitians are a huge, com- a huge part of that. And, you know, I have this team I work with, um, for our elite athletes where there's multi it's multidisciplinary and, um, you know, dietitian and nutritionist is an important part of that as well as sports psychology, um, MDs, ATCs, coaches, performance directors, ourselves, um, and chiropractor, like we're all on the same team and work together. So I think they're all pieces that elite athletes need, but then, um, everybody else needs some kind of, um, sometimes needs some kind of help and you just have to be able to direct them to which, which one of those people they might need to probably most important at the time. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's cost money, right? It's money and time. So, um, realistically for our clients that aren't elites, we have to just see what their priorities are and see, Mm -hmm. you know, where they are in life and work with them from that perspective. Yeah, no, I totally get that. That makes sense. Love it. Awesome. Um, Blair, did you want to add any more uh, myths? Did you have any other ones on your mind or? Um, so, I mean, we can talk, we can talk the big one. So another one is I'll go, I'll switch pregnancy and not necessarily postpartum that okay. exercising, even running or exercising too intensely during pregnancy is harmful to the baby. And I think for a lot of reasons that that maybe has been debunked, although I will say there are still some doctors out there that kind of go on old sort of what they would call common sense things like make sure your heart rate doesn't rise above this number, make sure you're not, you know, doing, make sure you're not running or you're not in the heat or you don't, you know, because you don't want to harm the baby. Like I said, and I, and I always bring this up. The first piece of it is that the body will always choose baby over mom. So mm-hmm. it, at any time you're doing something too intensely, the baby's not going to be harmed. It's going to like what we just talked about with stress fractures and, and things like that. It's going to come from mom, which is not ideal either, but baby will most likely be safe. I think what's more important to talk about though, is the abundance of evidence now that is supporting exercise during pregnancy, not only because mom is going to, it's going to help reduce the risk of a complicated delivery. It can reduce the risk of preterm labor. It can um, help labor just go more easily. It's going to help mom recover quicker, or at least reduce her risk for postpartum problems. I don't like to say you won't have problems because we can never really predict that, but the evidence is overwhelmingly in favor of a reduced risk of postpartum problems and an increase more efficient, quicker getting back to life after baby if you continue to exercise during. The other yeah. thing that the, that the evidence is actually saying now is it's actually better for the baby, that That's cool. babies are developing better because of mom exercising during pregnancy. And so I think when you tell women, like you can actually help your baby by doing this, they're going to feel a lot better about it. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, as you know, as much as it, you would want to be about us too, when it's about your baby, like, you know, that's yeah. Help even more. Right. (laughs) It's like the extra added because for yeah, for a while, all we ever talked about was, well, the, you know, it's kind of almost like, yeah, Yeah, Yeah. it's like, 
it's like, well, moms don't exercise because it's not good for the baby, but like, <laughs> or, but it's like, well, what about me? And then all the, like we said, all the evidence now is talking about that it's actually better for women. You know, it's actually better for our bodies. And that we've talked about that now, probably for the last 15 years or so that that evidence is starting to mount up, but now it's like, oh my God, and it could be better for the baby. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. I think those are good. I love the three ones that you guys shared. Cause I think it really hit on like three different, um, really some sets and also three different, I mean, it's all, it could be relevant to everyone, but just three completely different um, topics, not all just like exercise based or whatnot. So I love it. Awesome. Thank you. And of course, to get more inside the book, I am sure with all the evidence based, <laughs> uh, we'll have the link for that also in the show notes and everything, but and I need to uh, read it. Do you guys have an audi- audible version of it at all? Yeah, no, we don't. That was <laughs> like, <laughs> we do need one because I actually quote, read all my books um, on audible as well. So um, me too. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's like, so it, now it's so hard to actually read. Um, I mean, I do it all the time and I order all the books because I like to touch them and write in the margins. Um, but then I read them. Um, in the car. So yeah, I think our next book, which I was, uh, as you were talking about, um, your excitement about like perimenopausal and menopause earlier, I was like, well, we talked about that book. It might be time to write it. Um, oh no, we're, yeah, we're doing it. I know we're, yeah, I know we're book doing in the, it's coming out. Yeah. I <laughs> mean, we question? haven't committed. You might be hearing it first, but we're, we're going to do that. And, um, we'll yeah. make that one an audible because, um, it's easier to digest. <laughs> My favorite question is always, who would you pick to navigate, um, or to navigate, to narrate your story, like on audible? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> would one of you guys do it? <laughs> I don't know. One of us could do it one of us could do it or we both could do it depending yeah. on the be part of it it might be really fun <laughs> yeah. neither of us have really thick accents or anything I don't know I don't know <laughs> I, could say. I think it'd be good just, just be the time commitment I guess to sit down at the same yeah. time and record it <laughs> the whole book but on but honestly even if you are an audiobook person and this could just be like a little extra plug for our book I highly recommend <laughs> the print copy because of what we said there are there's chapters with photos and instructions of exercise progressions and this is not just about here's how you do a kegel which is what everybody thinks we're going to talk about it's it's truly full body exercise with progressions starting from diaphragmatic breathing all the way up to pre-running drills um we address posture alignment we address foot mobility hips, core, pelvic floor, everything. And then the last chapter is several return to run programs for people at different levels. Yeah. No, that's awesome. No, I mean, I feel like that's just like, you don't really get that anywhere else. I don't know. I don't know of any book that is like that. So, I mean, obviously that sounds super helpful for me. I, I mean, also Kate, excited to hear about your course and everything. Like I've been saying, I'm like, oh, I should take like, you know, public health course, even if it's just external or whatever, eventually. Right. Cause I, I mean, honestly, we were talking about Christine beforehand. She did like a little presentation for me and some of the clinicians I've worked with, like at one point and like, I, you know, use whatever she taught me and stuff, but it's like, I think you like, that would be super helpful. And I'm sure just having that book would be like, oh, Hey, like have a postpartum mom, or at least I know when I need to like, I mean, I, I do know, but I'm just saying could help with a little bit more and not having to refer out maybe right away, but any any resource is helpful, whether you know it or not. So, I mean, honestly, I wrote the book with Blair and I still like grab the book 
And I'm like, oh, hold on a second. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say, um, this is like what I think I, I mean, but let me look and see what I wrote. <laughs> right. so, so don't feel bad. Like, um, and, you know, and, I, and again, I lecture about this stuff all the time, but it's always nice to have like a physical copy to bring and show people and be like, hey, I want to point this part out to you. And I think people in the room really enjoy that. And it's, it can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Awesome. I would love to switch this over to the other Facebook group now. Um, definitely want to okay. go into a little bit more of what we're talking about right now. And then I would love to ask a little bit on, um, Kay, I'll ask you a little bit on if there's any differences between, um, you know, elite level um, versus the your average runner um, in treatment and everything. But I'll switch this over to the clinician side so they can listen. Um, and then ask you guys a few questions on like the more clinician side of things, what you guys all have to offer and everything. So everyone in this group, thanks for tuning in to catch the rest of this episode. Um, stay tuned for the podcast release coming out. Um, until next time, go run your lives. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Breaking Five, a running podcast. We hope you are running away with some inspiration, tips, and actionable items that you can put towards your Breaking Five moment. Lastly, if you know anyone else with a breaking five moment, that doesn't have to actually mean literally breaking five, just a breaking five moment in general, in running, in life, or anyone else who has great knowledge and background in helping others reach their breaking five moment, I would love for you to put me in contact with them. We would love to have them on the show. So if you could and let them know, if you know of someone else, tell them to reach out to me at my Instagram and that is at Kristen underscore run your life. Again, that's at Kristen underscore run your life. And could you do me a favor? And if you enjoyed today's episode and can think of anyone else who could benefit from listening to it, could you go ahead and share this out on your social media or share this directly with them? That would mean the world to me, seriously. And make sure if you have not already, to make sure you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get our weekly updates as we drop the next episodes. Thank you, everyone. We seriously appreciate you tuning in today. We'll see you next time. And until then, go run your life.